the cloud of unknowing, the book of contemplation. John Main described the cloud of unknowing as the most succinct, practical and balanced guide to meditation in the English mystical tradition. My edition is The Cloud of Unknowing and Other Works, edited by A.C. Spearing, Penguin Books, London, 2001. In these eight talks, I'm going to explore some of the leading themes of this spiritual classic, written in medieval English by an anonymous writer, probably a monk and a priest, in a contemplative community. He sums up the essentials of what we know today as Christian meditation. In his first talk, I'm going to make some comments about the title page. Here begins a book of contemplation called The Cloud of Unknowing, in the which a soul is made one with God. As all these words are important, I will read them again. Here begins a book of contemplation called The Cloud of Unknowing, in the which a soul is made one with God. So let's first think about the meaning of the word contemplation. For most people living today, contemplation very often means an exercise of the brain, using your powers of observation, followed by thought and reflection. It is an intellectual activity in which intelligence and thinking play the leading parts. In modern terms, it is a left-hand side of the brain exercise, so in a religious context, it is thinking about God, studying the Bible, listening to a sermon, or reading theological books, and so on. In its origin, the meaning of the word contemplation is quite different. It is not concerned only or even mainly with thinking at all. It is a spiritual and religious practice relating to the whole personality, body, mind and spirit. The root word in contemplation is temple. A temple is a sacred place, a place where human beings seek to make connection with the divine, the unseen power or powers that transcend all that we see, hear and touch in the world around us. Now it's significant that for the most part, temples are sacred places open to all people, regardless of their gender, intellectual ability, education, race, nationality or ethnicity. The Jewish temple, for example, had its special holy places for women and for those who are not Jews. Jesus himself was insistent that the kingdom of God is open to the little ones, those with little or no status in society, not least young children. So contemplation is an activity which is available to everybody. It is essentially inclusive, simple and direct. So too the Cloud of Our Knowing is not, definitely not, an esoteric book accessible only to specialists in prayer, priests or monks and nuns living in enclosed quarters. Though originally addressed to a young novice monk aged 24, it is a book that has always been valued by anyone who wants to understand what contemplative prayer is and how to practice it. Now, the cloud of unknowing. In a later talk, we shall come on to talk about this key phrase, the cloud of unknowing, in more detail. For the present, the important thing to be clear about, as the author reminds us, is that God is invisible and not only is God invisible, God is beyond all human understanding and reasoning. So the only way in which God can be approached is through a relationship of love. This is his central message. As St John says, God is love, and those who dwell in love are dwelling in God, 
and God is in them. It is through the gift of love that we come nearest to God. Because God is beyond all human understanding, literally incomprehensible, those who seek God must go outside the box, their brain box, their ideas, their thought processes, their memories, even their ideas of God, and be prepared to enter a dark, unseen world where there are no familiar landmarks. It's like entering into a tunnel, a dark cave, or into an unfamiliar room in total darkness, to enter into what the author calls the darkness of unknowing, darkness which is truly hidden, in which all intelligible knowledge is shut up. The author likens this experience of God's presence to the experience of Moses in the Arabian desert. Moses was invited by God to climb Mount Sinai, and there, the scriptures tell us, he entered the dark cloud on the top of the sacred mountain. And there, note these words, in singleness of love, having neither feeling nor thought of any existing thing, nor yet of himself, was made to experience in every way the presence of him who is above all things. The cloud of unknowing chapter 1. The key to the experience of God, then, is singleness of love. In other words, single-hearted love. It is when you approach God like Moses, with no preconditions and no expectations, but with a completely open mind and heart that you can experience, be aware of, the presence of God, the still, small voice. Now the phrase, soul made one with God. For some people, the thought of being one, that is, being united with God, raises some awkward questions. They say, isn't the gap between us finite, sinful and deficient human beings and the infinite holy God simply too great to be bridged? How can we be made one? This is indeed a question that the author of the cloud himself faced and answered. Here I simply want to point out that as far as Christians are concerned, this question has been completely answered in the life, death and above all else the resurrection of Jesus Christ who is both utterly human and absolutely divine. From the first generation of Christians, the risen Christ was a present reality in their lives. So they said, it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. Or the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. These powerful words of St. Paul aren't just catchphrases or slogans. They represent the actual daily experience of all those millions of people, rich and poor, educated and uneducated, Jew and non-Jew, male and female, who were and are still being drawn into the community of faith in Jesus Christ. To be a Christian is to be in Christ, to be a member of Christ's body, incorporated into the life of the triune God through Christ in the power of God's Spirit now dwelling in our hearts. This is a profound experience of unity, not only with other human beings, in all their diversity, but ultimately a unity with all of God's creation and with the giver of the gift of all life. And the best way I know to realize this tremendous truth in my everyday life is to sit down twice a day for between 20 and 30 minutes and say my prayer word without ceasing in singleness of body, heart and mind.